Well, good morning, everybody. Those of you healthy enough and brave enough with good enough tires to be here in the room and, and all the rest of you who are joining us online, I know we've got several folks from church who are uh, out not feeling well this week and uh, we are praying for you and we've got other folks who uh, I guess some people just don't uh, have salt that hits their, uh, hits their road sometimes uh, or their driveway. I'd, some of you said you're... The roads aren't salted either? Uh-oh. Okay, some of them are, some of them are, thankfully. So uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that's true. We be believe that the Lord meets us right here as we gather together to worship him. So let's bow our heads and let's pray to him as we begin. Thank you, God. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for this new week. Thank you for this new day where we have life from you, where uh, you have given us health. And for those, God, who are struggling with that, uh, God, we lift them up and pray that you, would, uh, that you would restore their health, that you would give them rest, that you would give them speedy recovery from whatever it is uh, that has them out sick today. Um, God, we are grateful for all the ways that you bless us, all the ways that you're involved in our lives, including gathering us together to worship you today. God, you know that we need these times where we center our hearts and our thoughts on you. We're reminded of your presence in our lives and your love for us. So today, God, whatever we have going on, uh, whatever it is that's happening in our, in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, God, we thank you that you meet us right here in the middle of it. You don't keep your distance from us. You meet us right here. So would you make us aware of your presence today? And would you help us to be honest with you? Uh, to, to cry out to you uh, in the songs we sing, in the prayers we pray, in the scriptures we read, we want to hear your voice speaking. And would you meet us at the table of our Lord Jesus? It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, if you're interested and able, let's stand and let's sing as we begin. Come out of sadness. Wherever you've been, come brokenhearted, the rescue begin. Come find your mercy, a sinner come kneel. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. So lay down the yoke. Down your shame, oh, who are broken? Lift up your face, wanderer, come home. You're not too far, so lay down your hurt, lay down your heart. table come taste the grace there's rest for the weary there's rest that endures earth has no sorrow that heaven can cure so lay down your burdens lay down your shame 
Okay. 
James chapter 5, uh, verses 13 through 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. your heads with me. Let's pray. 
God, we are grateful for your invitation to come to meet with you, uh, to talk with you, to listen to you, to open our hearts and to share with you those things that we need. Um, Sometimes, as the scriptures said, sometimes we need healing, God. And as we said earlier, we've got several folks in our church right now who are in need of healing. We, We pray, God, for healing, for strength, for restoration. Sometimes we need forgiveness. And we need to confess our sins to you and maybe even talk them over with someone else. Maybe there's someone else that we have wronged that we need to go and try to make things right with. And God, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Your word tells us that we don't need to try to hide from you. And that, that's kind of pointless. We can't hide from you, but instead we can approach your throne of grace with confidence to find grace and to receive mercy to help us in our time of need because of Jesus. Because in Jesus, we see your love poured out toward us. In Jesus, we see that you don't keep your distance from messed up people like us. Instead, you come right to us and you embrace us. You welcome us. You invite us to find forgiveness and hope and new life. By your death and resurrection, you broke the power of sin and death. And you have set us free free from the power of sin, free from those things that would hold us back, free from fear, free from anxieties. God, you, you are the one who has set us free. And so we give you thanks. We give you praise. We worship you today and thank you for being so consistent and faithful in your love for each one of us. God, we thank you for those you have used in our lives to to bless us, people who have prayed for us, righteous people, as we just read, who prayed for us when we were sick, who prayed for us when we were far from you and until finally we uh, said yes to your Holy Spirit, uh, inviting us back to you. God, thank you for those who who you have used in our lives to, to, to let your grace flow toward us. And God, we thank you for those people uh, that you send us to, people you place us in contact with in our, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, people that You give us the opportunity to join you in blessing them, in being part of an answer to their prayers, letting your grace flow through us. Thank you, God. Please, as we we pray, as we worship, as we listen, as as we participate in this service today, God, would you shape our hearts? Would you help us to become the kinds of people who have ears open to you not just on Sunday mornings, but all week long. Would you help us to be a people who have hearts soft toward you, that our hearts can beat with yours, that we can feel your love for the people around us? Would you help us, God, just to be a people who who listen and who obey right away when you speak? Thank you, God. Thank you for... Uh, the courage that you give us. Thank you for the strength that you give us. Thank you for the joy that you give us as we participate with you in the work you're doing in the world. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. It was weak, but I'll take it. All right. Uh, for just real quick, look around, say, you know, wave a quick hi to somebody. We're not uh, roaming the room and, and hugging each other. Uh, the, the numbers really aren't good. And then you can go ahead and have a seat. And, and I want to thank you guys again. Thank you, uh, Svelbar family, for, uh, for leading us this morning. And uh, it's good to know that Annalie made it to college safely. Uh, thanks for letting us know that. Uh, with the way things are uh, outside uh, and students returning home, that's 
that's uh, we don't take that for granted. So let's see. All right, I got some stuff here. Get up, get up here with it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, just by way of announcements, uh, just a reminder, you can go online if you want to livinghope.info slash connect, fill out that little digital connect card, let us know how we can be praying for you or celebrating with you, thanking God with you, uh, anything like that, you can give online as well, and, uh, uh, or those of you here in the room, you can, uh, you can just go back and jot a note on one of those little green cards and drop it in the offering box, and if you're making a gift today, you can do that as well. Uh, I put the, the final total for the Habitat thing on the back of your notes there, uh, $10,643 given uh, through last Sunday. So uh, we had a couple of you that responded last Sunday as we were kind of given the last kind of final update for the year and said, wait, 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 I want to give something. And so, so we, uh, we accepted those gifts uh, so we can pass them along to Habitat and help build that house. So uh, we're excited to, to partner with them in that way. And also to, to be able to uh, offer you this uh, Gravity Leadership Discipleship Workshop that's happening in just a couple of weeks. It's uh, Friday night for a couple hours and Saturday morning for, I think, three. And if you go to that website, livinghope.info slash gravity, so I don't have it on the screen for you, livinghope.info and slash gravity, or if you just go to livinghope.info, down to the bottom right corner is a link to it. Uh, you want to follow that link to get there because there's a little promo code that gets it to you for $25 if you type that in instead of 65 So if you have wondered... Um, like you feel like you need to, to take a next step in your discipleship and your following of Jesus and you would like to, maybe the stuff you've been trying is like, you know, I've been doing the same thing and it's, you know, it's good, it's, it's okay, but you feel like you need a little something new, a little something different, uh, you might find this really, really helpful. So we would love to have you participate in that. And you can see on the back there too, there's a new women's small group that's starting up at the end of the month. Uh, if you're interested in that study of Haggai, uh, let us know so they can get enough books ordered and have them, have them ready for you. I think that was the only announcements I needed to make this morning. Uh, so we can, we can dive right into this morning's message, which has to do with um, being a blessing to our neighbors, right? We're in this series called Bless. Uh, last week we talked about how you can bless your neighbor and change the world. And I completely forgot in this service to use the little illustration. I use it at the end of the, of the second service uh, because sometimes these things that God invites us to do to bless our neighbors, they're not big, right? It's not some big thing. So how is this supposed to change the world? And... Um, have you heard the thing about the person who gets offered the choice? They can either have a million dollars today or they can have a penny that will double uh, every month or every day for a month. Have you heard that? Uh, do you know which one you would take if you were made that? What's that? You'd take the penny that doubles every, every day? Yeah, that's, that's the smart choice. It doesn't seem like it. You know, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking a million dollars or a penny. Hmm, that's not a tough one. But that penny t tomorrow is two pennies. And the next day is four pennies. The next day is eight. And by the end of the month, it has doubled itself into five million something, something, something dollars. So way more than the million dollars I could have had in my hand uh, today. And so what we're talking about today, uh, this is God's way of transforming the world, is that he transforms your life and then invites you to be a part of his transforming work in maybe, maybe just one other person's life, right? But then you and that other person then you have an opportunity both to reach out and bless someone else, and, and then all four of you can reach out and bless someone else, and before you know it, you know, a whole community has been changed, a whole family has been changed, a whole, a whole nation has been changed, a whole world has been changed by God's Holy Spirit, starting small, but doing transforming work, it multiplies. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we looked at these verses last week, the Apostle Paul says, when anyone lives in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ's death on the cross. And he has given us the task of bringing others back to him through Christ. God was bringing the world back to himself through Christ. He did not hold people's sins against them, 
God has trusted us with the message that people may be brought back to him. We have good news to share. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others. If your life has been changed by Christ, he doesn't want you just to hold on to that for yourself. He wants you to, to share that with others. And so what we're doing this month is talking about simple, practical, everyday ways that we can do that. Not big, scary, go stand on a street corner with a bullhorn kind of things, all right? Although if God calls you to do that, more power to you. That's fine. Uh, but most likely, you know, most of us are not going to do that. Most of us, though, are going to find ways to pray for a neighbor to, and, and then to just respond when God leads us to respond. Just passing on to others the blessings that we have received from him. We looked last week at how God does this all through the scriptures, all the way back in, in the story of Abraham uh, in Genesis 12. He told him, I'll bless you and you'll be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. When God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so uh, we got this, from, this idea from this book called Bless, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. It's by a couple of brothers and pastors out of the Chicagoland area. And they are incredibly practical with it. And so I'm going to try to be incredibly practical with you. And I'll just, I'll just be honest with you. These are not things that I get all these. I'm not doing all these things yet. All right? There are things I'm going to share with you that I'm like, ooh, I really got to do that. All right? So as I'm preparing messages, I'm like, ooh, that's good. I, I, should, I should do that too. All right? We're learning together how to bless our neighbors. And there's five simple practices B-L-E-S-S stand for. You've got them in your notes. I think we've got them on the screen. B is begin with prayer. That's what we're going to talk about today. L next week is listen. One of the most important ones of the lot. E is eat, the one that we're all good at. S is serve. And the, and the second S is, is for your story, to share your story. Uh, but first, we do all those other things. Before you ever start talking to people about what's your story and how Jesus transformed your life, first you begin with prayer and you listen and you, you eat with them. You let the relationship go from just an acquaintance to, to more of a friendship by, by sharing food. And, and you serve. You find ways to, to do good, to, to serve them, to show God's love in practical ways. And, uh, and then you get to share your story. But it all does begin with prayer. And uh, when we pray, God... It opens up opportunities for, for some really incredible stuff to happen. I've heard some of you share stories. Uh, AC comes to mind in particular. Hi, AC, Terry. Um, uh, I don't know how many of you have talked with AC and Terry, but if you ask AC, he'll, he's got story after story to tell you about how he was just going through his day, and he was just he invites God. He begins with prayer, and he says, okay, God, you know, give me some kind of divine appointment. Show me somebody that needs some encouragement or something. And next thing you know, he's bumping into some old friend he hasn't seen in years who really needs some encouragement, and he's able to, to encourage them or pray for them. Or he's bumping into somebody somewhere uh, and starting a conversation. And next thing you know, God is at work. It, it's the kind of thing that he looks back and says, that was, that was a divine appointment. That should have happened. And uh, they shared some stories in here that I just I, I had to share with you. Okay, So uh, like there's a story in here about a guy named Louie who went to the mall. Do people go to malls still? I don't know. Anyway, he went to the mall, and for whatever reason, he noticed a guy sitting on a bench, and he had this strange sensation, go tell that guy God loves him. Of course, Louis didn't want to do that, you know, and neither would I. I don't want to walk up to some stranger and say, hey, God loves you. You know, it's just kind of weird. So he did what most of us might. He shrugged it off and kept shopping. When he came out of a store in another part of the mall, a bit later, there was that same guy again, and again, he felt an inner nudge, go over there and tell him God loves him, and he blew it off again. A third time, he saw the same guy and again got that same nudge. And finally, he said, all right. He walked up to the guy and said, I don't want to seem weird or anything, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that God loves you. Immediately, the stranger's eyes filled up with tears, and he said, this morning, I was at the end of my rope. I told God, if you're real, show me you love me today. I don't know who you are, but you're the third random person in the mall today who's come up to me and said, hey, I don't know you, but God loves you. No one's ever said it to me once before, and now it's happened three times 
in one day. I get chills just reading that to you right now. You know, I mean, that's just crazy stuff. He mentions his friend Dean, who works in a college ministry at a large state university, and makes it his practice to begin every day with prayer and just praying that he would meet and talk to people God wants him to bless. And uh, one time he had somebody cancel an appointment, and instead of filling his calendar with something else, he just took a few minutes to pray. And while he was praying, he said, God, how do you want to use me this, uh, this time? And, and as he was listening to God, he had a name of a student popped into his head, Janice. And so he thought, okay. He sensed he was supposed to talk to her about Jesus. Janice had never been to church, wasn't a follower of Christ. She'd been to a college small group a couple times, so he called and said, hey, you want to connect and get some coffee? She said, sure. When they met, he just told her, Janice, I was praying, and your name came to mind. It felt like I was supposed to share with you how you can become a follower of Jesus. Janice stood there in silence. First came a tear, and then sobbing. Dean immediately <laughs> recoiled and said, oh, I'm sorry, I should have just blurted that out. Did I say something that offended you? No, not at all, Janice said. I just can't believe you said that. Last night, I decided to go to a Bible study in my dorm. They were talking about what it means to be a Christian, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. All night, I couldn't sleep. I don't know what to do about it. So I prayed this morning, saying, God, bring someone to me today to tell me how to become a Christian. And she smiled and said, and here you are. I just can't believe it. Does God know things that we don't know? (laughs) He does, doesn't he, right? God knows what other people are going through. And God is able to nudge us, to prompt us if we're open to him. If we begin with prayer, if we invite God, you know, God, use me how you want to use me today. If there's somebody you want me to bless today, just point it out. I'd be happy to do it. The, the weirdest of the stories that they share in this chapter is about uh, Beth Moore. Some of you know who Beth Moore is. She teaches lots of Bible studies. We've, the, the women's group here has used several of them. Uh, they, you know, she teaches a group, and they videotape it, and then they put out a book and all that kind of stuff. So uh, lots of people have, uh, have bumped into her in some way or in, in, her, in her teaching. And, uh, and she tells a story about uh, being at an airport and uh, waiting for her flight. She opens her Bible and, and reads a little bit and then pauses to pray. And glancing up, she noticed an old man sitting in a wheelchair abnormally thin, slumped over, but the strangest thing about him was his hair. Stringy, tangled hair hung well past his shoulders, down his back. She tried to stop staring, but something in her began to stir with emotion for this bizarre-looking old man. And then here are her words. I had walked with God long enough to see the handwriting on the wall. I've learned that when I begin to feel what God feels, something so contrary to my natural feelings, something dramatic is bound to happen. I immediately began to resist. I started arguing with God in my mind. Oh, no, God, please, no. Don't make me witness to this man. And then I heard it. I don't want you to witness to him. I want you to brush his hair. The words were so clear, my heart leapt into my throat, and my thoughts spun like a top. He says, after several agonizing moments trying to reason with God and how bizarre this is and this is ridiculous, finally, red-faced, tentative, she approaches the old man, kneels down before him. May I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? To which he responded, in volume set at 10, Little lady, if you expect me to hear you, you're going to have to talk louder than that. And she says, At this point, I took a deep breath and blurted out, Sir, may I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? At which point, every eye in the place darted right at me. I watched him look up at me with absolute shock on his face and say, If you really want to. Are you kidding? Of course I didn't want to, but God didn't seem interested in my personal preferences right then. Yes, sir, I would be pleased, but I have one little problem. I don't have a hairbrush. I have one in my bag, he said. So she goes around back, unzips the bag, finds a hairbrush, and starts brushing his hair. She says, a miraculous thing happened to me as I started brushing that old man's hair. Everybody else seemed to disappear. There was no one alive for those moments except that old man and me. 
I brushed and brushed and I brushed until every tangle was out. I know this sounds so strange, but I've never felt that kind of love for another soul in my entire life. I believe with all my heart that for those few minutes, I felt a portion of the very love of God. The emotions were so strong and so pure that I knew they had to be God's. His hair was finally as soft and smooth as an infant's. I slipped the brush back in the bag, went around the chair to face him. I got back down on my knees, put my hands on his knees and said, Sir, do you know my Jesus? He said, Yes, I do. I've known him since I married my bride. She wouldn't marry me until I got to know the Savior. He said, You see, the problem is I haven't seen my bride in months. I've had open heart surgery and she's been too ill to come see me. I was sitting here thinking to myself, What a mess I must be for my bride. And Beth concludes, only God knows how often he allows us to be a part of a divine moment when we're completely unaware of the significance. God had intervened in details only he could have known. It was a God moment, and I'll never forget it. Man, God is willing to send us on adventures if we are willing to open ourselves up to him. If we're willing to say yes, if we're willing to, to do the crazy thing of, of having that conversation or making that phone call or sending that text to somebody. Then if you get a text from me randomly during the week, odds are good that for whatever reason, God brought you to mind. Maybe I wasn't sitting having a nice, pious, quiet prayer moment. Might have just been right in the middle of whatever else I was doing and your name popped into my head and I thought, oh, you know, I haven't talked to them in a while. And so I try, I'm not necessarily good at it, but I try right then before I have a chance to forget to just shoot off the text and say, hey, how are you doing? And so if you get one of those, that's me doing my best to respond to God doing these sorts of things. And every now and then, I find, every now and then it's just like, I'm good, you? And there's no, nothing significant about it. It's just a, just a nice little connecting point. Other times, I'm connecting with them just when they needed somebody to talk to, to listen to. And their reply is something like, uh, do you have a minute to talk? Can I call? And we end up on the phone for a while. And they just needed someone to listen beginning with prayers, where it all starts. Now, I know that we don't all pray like we want to. I'll just, confession time, I don't pray like I want to. And I know you're all shocked. I'm the pastor. I, I spend all day praying. What else do I have to do during the week, right, when it's not Sunday morning? Um, but uh, but there, I don't have, I'm not, I've never been a super disciplined person. I have to put little reminders in my phone and things like that to remind me to do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but sometimes we don't pray just because, you know, honestly, we don't know how. You know, maybe we were taught some prayers as a kid, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, you know, that kind of a thing, or rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God, you know, something like that. And, and maybe nobody teaches us anything past that. Sometimes we just don't know how to pray. Uh, Jesus' disciples, you know, they came to him saying, would you teach us how to pray like you pray? They saw that Jesus prayed, that he had a real connection with his heavenly father. That's why we pray the Lord's Prayer every week to kind of give us a, a pattern that we can use as we pray. I mean, sometimes we don't pray because we just don't know how. Sometimes it's because we're too busy. You know, it takes time. It takes focus. It takes energy. Even if you're just going to give five minutes to praying, you got to like focus for five minutes, right? And we don't all feel like we have five minutes. Sometimes life is busy and we're running right from one thing to the next. And, and the next thing you know, it's nighttime. And we're like, oh man, I don't think I talked to God all, all day. Or frankly, sometimes if, if we were going to get really honest, we'd say, I don't think it works. You know, we prayed one time. We prayed probably lots of times, you know. We, we prayed for God to help someone, or we were desperate, and, and uh, it seemed like nothing happened. We didn't feel like God hurt us. Nothing really changed, and, and so we feel like, well, why, why keep doing that if it doesn't really do anything? I believe, based on my experience, that prayer really does work. 
No, the person we pray for doesn't always get better. Not right away. Maybe not ever. Maybe our circumstances don't change. But prayer sometimes, sometimes God moves in response to prayer and changes things. Sometimes the only thing that God changes through prayer is, is me. And the way I approach my circumstances and the way that I walk through that difficulty, I might be able to walk through it with greater strength or greater peace or greater just assurance that God is with me because I prayed, because I took it to God in prayer. Prayer does work, and Jesus gives us an example of this. If we look at Jesus' example, if you read the stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I just have a few from, from Luke, some references I put there in your notes and on the screen. Uh, when Jesus was baptized, he was praying when the heavens were open and God spoke and, and, uh, and said, you are my beloved son, whom I love. You know, you're my son who I love. I'm well pleased with you. He was praying in that moment. Uh, in, in chapter 5, we see that Jesus often withdrew from crowds to get alone to pray. He had to, he had to move away from some of the busyness in life to make time to, to quiet himself enough to be able to talk with his heavenly Father. Uh, we see that he uh, prayed before he did miracles. He, he would pray and ask God to move in a person's life or to or help them to understand what was going on. He prayed for his friends uh, to stay strong in their faith when he knew they were going to face difficulty. The night before he was going to die on the cross for you and for me, he spent that night praying in a garden, seeking his Father's direction. I mean, honestly, when we read the Scriptures praying, saying, Father, please, can we do something else? Can we avoid this whole thing? Still, I'm, I'm willing to do what you know needs to happen, not what I want to see happen. He submits his, himself to his heavenly Father and to doing what needed to be done for, for you and for me. Now, one example of this I just want to zoom in on for a minute from Luke chapter 6 is where uh, Jesus is just about to, he's been doing some work. He's got people following him. He's got disciples. He's got people who are, who are wanting to learn from him. And it says, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. An apostle means like a sent one. A disciple is a, somebody who's learning, like an apprentice. An apostle is someone you send out. So he chooses 12 of them to focus in on and to send out in his name, Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Of all the people following Jesus, Jesus knew, okay, I'm going to have to focus my energy some on a smaller group. And he picks 12. And, and if, you, if you study and read, you know that he's picking 12 in part to kind of focus in on the, the work of the nation of Israel. That God has promised to bless all the earth through Abraham and his descendants. And there were 12 tribes of Israel. And God worked through them for generations. And now he's picking these 12 to kind of show, look, the, God's work through Israel has not, has not stopped. God hasn't given up on Israel. But now he's going to extend beyond Israel to the rest of the world. So he picks these, these 12 fellow Jews, these these we think they're probably young men. Uh, we don't know how old. We know at least Simon was married because he had a mother-in-law. But, um, and they're a ragtag bunch. And he, doesn't, he doesn't necessarily pick the 12 that we would have picked you know, for our dodgeball game. right? He, he's picked the, the scrawny kid. And he picked the kids that don't get along who are just as likely to throw the ball at each other as to the other team. right? He's got Matthew, a tax collector, who, who was collaborating with the Romans. And he's got Simon, who was... Uh, enough of uh, angry enough at Rome that he was called the zealot. The zealots were the people who like looked for ways to like kill Roman soldiers or to, to try to overthrow Rome. He's got he's got Republicans and Democrats, you know, on the same team here. He's got people that, that disagree. He's got fishermen, he's got professionals, he's got the whole the whole lot, including Judas Iscariot, who ends up betraying him. Now, I'm guessing 
if it was you or me that was in Jesus' shoes, we probably would have had kind of our criteria of people we were looking for for leaders. I'm looking for people with these skills and this experience and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, and maybe Jesus had some kind of a, you know, method there as well. But what we know for sure that he did was the night before this, he spent the whole night praying, talking to his heavenly father. And we don't know how it is that God led Jesus to pick these 12. We don't know if God spoke their names or if God just brought them to mind or if, or if as he's talking to God, God you know, was just saying like, well, you remember Simon? Remember? Oh, you know, he's going to be good. For, oh, and if you bring Simon, you've got to bring his brother. And, you know, we don't know what that conversation looked like. But we know that God led Jesus. And Jesus picked these 12. And these 12 were able then to, to lead well once Jesus had ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. And sure enough, the world has been transformed. Now, some of you might be thinking, like, wait, why, why did Jesus have to pray at all? Wasn't he, wasn't he God? Didn't he know all this stuff already? And, you know, is he just talking to himself out there? He, well, Jesus, you know, became human, right? I mean, when, when God put on flesh and came and lived among us, he, he limited himself in so many ways that we don't understand. He, he, he didn't exist everywhere. In all, you know, he existed in this one place at this one time in, in human, as a human being. You know, and so Jesus also then, he, so he became truly human, and he also modeled for us what it means to be human. And so Jesus uh, connected with his heavenly Father in prayer, just like we are invited to. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, just as we are invited to be led by the Holy Spirit. He modeled for you and for me what a life following God looks like, a life of adventure, the adventure of God's grace flowing through us. So here's, here's some of the practical stuff, all right, about how to begin with prayer. All right, you got just three things there, how to begin with prayer. Uh, the first one is, the, is to plan, all right? If something's important to you, what do you do? You probably put it on your calendar, I'm guessing, right? You, uh, you find a way to make sure you don't forget it. Uh, you make a plan. Uh, some of you, we talked about this last week, you know, we're not just, we're not just hoping that God will be at work. We're, you know, inviting people back to God, helping people come back to him. We're not just hoping that'll happen. We want to help right? You, we don't just hope that we'll get in shape this year. We got to do some things to help ourselves get in shape this year, okay? So if you want to begin with prayer, if you want to, to connect with the God who knows everything that's going on around us and can lead us well through life, including leading us to some of these divine appointments, it'd be good if we plan this. It'd be good if we actually set aside time. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like for you. It might be that you pick five minutes right, like before you get out of bed or five minutes right as you're going to bed. I don't know what. Maybe it's time in the shower. Maybe it's time you've got to commute and you've got some time in the car. I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I know oh, a couple of years ago, I set a little thing uh, with the Bible app. You know, it can send you a verse of the day, and you get to pick when it sends those to you. you know? So a couple times a day, I get sent a little you know, bleep on my phone, and I look, and it's, oh, it's the verse of the day, which is a reminder to pause, to read it, to pray, to invite God to speak, right? You can, you can do that. You can put one of those recurring things in your calendar every day. I just set one as I was preparing this message, set one at 8.45 in the morning. It's just going to, my phone's just going to beep at me and say pray. Because at 8.45, I've dropped off the boys at school, and I'm just starting to head back toward home. And so that's about a 15-minute drive or so. That's time that I usually just, like, fill by listening to some podcast or something else. It's time that I think, you know what, that would be a good time to stop and just pray. It's, it's kind of before I get back and get to work and start interacting with people. So that would be a really good time for me to just invite God to speak, to prepare my heart for, for whatever adventure he has in front of me. So find some way, plan, right? 
Just like if you are going on a weight loss journey this year, you're going to plan some meals. And you're not just going to go to your cabinet every day and say, well, I wonder what's healthy to eat in my cabinet today. You're going to plan that. You're going to shop. You're going to prepare some. You're going to have like a meal plan. You're going to buy particular things so that the right snacks are ready when you need those snacks, right? If you're, if you're going to start working out in the morning and like go to the gym or something like that, you're going to plan for that. You're going to set your alarm. You're going you're gonna to make a plan to, to make it happen. You, probably, you might do the thing where you like set your shoes and your workout clothes right there next to like, the, the, somewhere in the bathroom there, next to the sink or whatever, so that when you stumble up in the morning, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, got to get, get ready. You, you plan. So I'm just saying we can do the same thing for prayer. We can find some way to make sure that if this is important to us, that we, that I would encourage you to start your day with it in some way, right? Early in your day. And maybe you do it at night as well. If you're so prepared that in the night before you're preparing all your stuff for the next day, that as you're doing that, include in that a prayer saying, okay, God, tomorrow as I've got this and this and this to do, and I've got everything prepared and everything set aside and lined up, God, I also pray that you would you know, lead me tomorrow. And, and I'm going to encourage you to pray for specific people. And the second one here, the second little P in this list, to plan and, and prepare saying invite God to prepare your heart for whatever it is that he might have in store for you, to prepare you for the adventure that he wants to send you on, to, to have eyes that are open to the people that he sends your way. You'll be ready for those divine appointments. And who knows, you may end up with some stories to share about brushing somebody's hair or walking up to a stranger and telling them God loves them or whatever it might be. If you'll plan ahead, if you'll invite God to prepare you for whatever it is that he wants to do, because God doesn't just kick you out there and say, okay, swim, right? I mean, like, wasn't that the old way that you taught kids to swim? You just kind of toss them in the water and hope they didn't drown or something like that? We take our kids to swimming lessons at the Y. We're not going to just toss them in the water. we got somebody there next to them who's showing them how to do it and all of that, um, and we've tried to do that as well. Uh, God doesn't just toss you in the deep end and hope you don't drown. He's happy to prepare you. He's happy to, to get you ready for what's coming. He does that through Scripture. He does that through prayer. He's, he's happy to, to make sure that you are uh, tuned in and, and ready to listen and ready for whatever it is that he calls you to do. And then the third thing there is the, is the people and the places. Uh, I'll start with the places. Maybe you just do a little mental map. And, and as you're praying that day, just do a little mental map of like all the places you're going to go that day, the, the people you're going to see in those places. You know you've got this appointment with that person, so you, you pause for a moment and you pray for that person. And say, God, show me a way to, to bless them when I meet with them. And you think about how you're going to go to school and some of the people you're going to see while you're at school. Or you think about how you've got this sporting thing you're going to be a part of. Or you've got this other uh, event. Or whatever it is you've got going on that day. Just do a little mental map of the places you'll go. Uh, the people you'll walk your dog past. You know, all those kind of things. Just, and, and just let that maybe guide you in your prayers. And pray for God to bless the people that you'll encounter. Or maybe you just think about some of the people in your life. In general, like, who are the people that are generally closest to me? And that's, that's what this next page is. You've got, uh, sorry for those of you online, you don't have this little who is my neighbor thing, but basically all it is, in the middle it says, you live here, and it's got empty boxes around it, okay? And uh, you can do this for your neighborhood, right? You can do this for where you actually kind of geographically live. And uh, I was starting to do that. I've got some of my neighbors' names filled in. Um, you can just think about the people who live, okay, these folks live across the street. These folks live to this side. These folks live to this side. And just kind of think of the people that are geographically closest to you. And write their names down. Begin to pray for them. Begin to ask God to, to bless them. I mean, maybe there's, maybe there's, basically think of the kind of things you would want others to pray for you. All right? So if you think, okay, if, if someone says they're going to be praying for me, what do I want them to be praying for? 
I want her to be praying that I have strength to get through the day, you know. I want her to pray that I'll have a good day at work. You know, I want her to pray that I'll be healthy. I want her to pray that I'll, you know, get good sleep at night. I want her to pray that I'll have good relationships with my family and friends. Those things that you'd like others to be praying for you, just pray those for them. That God will bless them. That God will be at work in their lives. And maybe you start with those kind of eight people around there who, who live closest to you. Or maybe you think about where you work, the people that are on your team, people that you see every day, every week, some of those folks, and, and just be praying. Okay, God, how, how might you want me to bless them? Ask God to bless them, but then also be praying. Like, okay, God, I want to be ready. If, if you're going to bless them, how do you want me to be a part of that? How can I bless them? How can I listen to them? How can I serve them? How can I show them your love in whatever way it might be? And just invite God to bless those folks at work or, or at school or where you play. Whatever it is that you do, right? Who are the people who are closest to you where you live, work, play, all of that? This is how you begin with prayer, right? There are, you, you make a plan. Okay, here's some time. I know I can set aside to, to speak to God, to talk to God, to get my heart lined up with his, to get my kind of mental radio tuned into his voice, tuned into his frequency, and, and preparing, asking him to prepare me. God, help me throughout this day. Help me to pay attention to you. I don't want to miss those divine appointments. I want to be ready for whatever it is you want to do, whatever adventure it might be. Although just, I think we can all be honest, right? That when we hear stories like those, like Beth's or Louie's or the other guy, Dean, that's what it was. When we hear about those kind of things, I mean, like I said, they give me chills and they're touching, but they're kind of terrifying, right? I mean, there might be some of you that said, okay, I'm resolving now. I didn't have any resolutions, but now I'm resolving to not do what he's talking about because I don't want to have to do any of that kind of thing, right? Um, Please don't do that, right? It is an adventure, and it is sometimes scary. And it might be that as you're praying for some of these neighbors, God's going to prompt you to, to reach out to one of them. Now, honestly, now is a great time to be reaching out to folks just with texts and phone calls, making sure they're okay, making sure they're, you know, asking how their holidays were, asking, making, hey, you guys all staying healthy over there, um, just checking to see how they are. It's the kind of thing that people are going to understand and appreciate. Now is a perfect time to be reaching out if God prompts you to reach out. So make a plan to pray. Ask God to prepare you and, and think of specific people in your life. So this is something I actually want you to do, all right? Uh, enough so that we're just going to, we've got time, we're going to take like a minute for you to look at those blank boxes or look at a blank piece of paper or whatever you have and just say, okay, God, who are some of my neighbors? Who are some of my coworkers? Who are some of the people in my life that you want me to be praying for this week? Go ahead, write some down. I'll just be honest with you, some of these are neighbors like the neighbors that live in that house right over there that I still have never met, right? So that's what I had to write down, neighbors in that blue house, you know. I still don't know their names. And now that you've got a few written down, we're just gonna, I'm just going to give you 60 seconds to talk to God about them. Picture them, picture their faces, mention their names to God, and just say, God, would you bless them? And would you show me how you want me to be a blessing to them? All right? So like 60 seconds. Let's talk to God. Let me, let me lead us in a prayer. 
God, thank you for all the ways that you have blessed us, the ways you have been good to us, the ways you have been gracious, the, the kindnesses you have shown us, the strength that you give, all those different ways, God, that you have blessed us and all the people that you've blessed us through. Thank you, God. Thank you again that you invite us to be a blessing to others, to share your love with others, including some of these that you've placed us in close proximity to, whether it's where we work or play or live, wherever it is, God. You have, you have put us right next to some folks that we are going to see on a regular basis. And God, we don't know how you might want to bless them through us. We do pray that you would bless them with, with physical health and with emotional health. And, and we pray that you would help them to enjoy the, what they apply themselves to, whether that's work or school or, what, or whatever it might be, that they would enjoy the life that you've given them that they would have good, healthy relationships with the people closest to them. God, we pray that you would bless them just like we want you to bless us. And God, we want you to, to prepare us, to help us to stay tuned into your voice so that there is an opportunity, if there is a need in one of these people's lives, that we might be ready for you to work through us to, to bring them a word of encouragement, to, to listen to them, to just to be their friend, to be a person that they know cares about them. Thank you, God. Thank you again for all those who have done that for us. And thank you again for the ways that you invite us to be a part of your good work here in the world. It seems, God, that all the time on, on the news or TV or radio, we're, we're always hearing about... <clears throat> some of the bad work that's being done in the world, uh, the divisions, the, the violence, the, the ugliness that, that takes place between human beings. And God, we don't want to get caught up in that. We would so much rather be uh, part of your good work in the world, bringing peace, bringing love, bringing joy, bringing hope. Thank you again, God, for what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the ways that he modeled for us what it means to, to make time for prayer, to, to get away, to listen to your voice. And God, we, we see, we read about all the amazing things that you did through Jesus. And we are open, God. We're open to the things you want to do through us, whether they are big, amazing stories that we end up telling or they get shared in a book someday, or whether they're very small things that maybe nobody ever knows except us and the person whom we served. God, we are grateful for the opportunity to be a part of the body of Christ living here in the world today, led by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that out of love for us, you didn't keep your distance, but you came to us in Jesus Christ. We celebrate that today with this sacrament of communion offering to you these simple gifts of bread and juice and praying that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our, our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We are so grateful, Lord Jesus, that out of love for us, you, you were willing to submit to your Father's plan. You were willing to go all the way to the cross to bear the, the, the brunt of the worst of our sin. And instead of responding with 
anger or revenge or condemnation. You responded with forgiveness and love. We remember that on that night with your disciples, you took the bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. You took the cup. You blessed it. You gave it to your disciples and you told them, drink this. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. We do remember and we thank you for the love you showed us, for the, for the transformation that you work in our hearts as we offer you ourselves, our lives, our sins that you forgive, our guilt and shame that you remove from us, our anxieties, our fears that, that you replace with peace and courage. God, we thank you for your direction and your wisdom for the life that you give us in place of the death that our sin had brought. God, we offer you ourselves and pray that by your Spirit's transforming work in our lives that we might be changed, that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, as your sons and daughters. Thank you, God. Thank you for this love. Thank you for this forgiveness. Thank you for this life that you give us and that you invite us to live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, the spell bar is going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. Uh, I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it. Uh, there's the regular bread or the gluten-free wafers, or there's the little, little cups that you can just take out of the basket and take back to your seat. And then, and then you can peel it back to get to the bread or peel it back to get to the juice. And, and if you don't even want to get close enough, I'll have my mask on. If you don't even want to get close enough for that, uh, the tables have those little individual ones on them. And, and you can celebrate right there where you're seated if you'd like. Uh, but this is open for all of us who are saying yes to Jesus, all of us who are hungry for his grace, who are thankful for the ways that he has blessed us, who are open to being a blessing to others. Let's celebrate. love is this oh my soul oh my soul what wondrous love is this oh my soul what wondrous love is this that caused the lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul for my soul Bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When 
God's righteous frown. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. chance to join together with uh, millions of believers around the world and, and throughout time and space. God, we are so grateful for the chance to join together celebrating your love, celebrating uh, your victory over sin and death. And we do look forward to that day when from death we're free, uh, when we can join with the millions gathered around your throne, singing to God and to the Lamb, celebrating your victory that you have won for us. Thank you, God. Would you please uh, fill us today with the spirit of the Lamb, the spirit of Christ Jesus, so that as we leave this place, we can go as people who know that our sins are forgiven, who know that your Holy Spirit lives within us and is leading us, a people who know that we have good gifts to share with the people you send us to. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.